welcome to the this is kind of the rebooted Access Ninja podcast. We've been uh, we've been away for a while, so if you are still subscribed to our podcast stream, you're going to see us show up all of a sudden. You're going to say, "Whoa, where have they been for a while?" Yeah, we're like total remake. So this new version of the Access Ninja podcast here, uh, well, it's in the same vein as the old one. We're just going to be talking about different accessibility topics uh, for a, a little bit more personal, I think. Totally, because I like to go off script. <laughs> uh, the other thing we're experimenting with, and if you're uh, subscribed to our YouTube channel, you, you might be jumping in to check this out, and, and hopefully there won't be too many technical glitches because it's just the first time we've tried it, and uh, um, I tried to threw together at the last minute here, but we're going to be live streaming the podcast as uh, well, as we record that. So we're doing that right now. It's Saturday morning. Now, I'm... Uh, I'm in the Midwest, so it's uh, 9.30 for me here. and 8.30 Mountain. Uh, and so that would be, what's it, 10.30 Eastern? And, uh, well, I think you can probably figure it out from there. That covers if you're one of the U.S. Uh, viewers here. Yeah, don't hate us, Pacific. You know, like, wait, you don't have to wake up at 7.30 to hear us. So you can listen later. Our goal is going to be to record uh, every other week, Saturday. If you want to join us, you can uh, you can check us out. We're streaming live from the uh, Access Ninja uh, YouTube page, and the easiest way to get to that is going to be to, well, you can search us on YouTube, but the direct link is youtube.com slash user slash Access Ninja podcast. And, of course, no spaces in there. So, and uh, we will be posting uh, ahead of time when that live stream is going to happen. So you're going to see a, uh, a link to the live stream and, and the time and the date. But it should be pretty consistent. Yay. Yeah, because I'm with you. Because without you, I'm not that consistent. <laughs> but we should be because Jonathan is around. So we've picked a, a couple things that have happened recently in our lives to uh, around accessibility to talk about. Um, do you want to kick us off with uh, with a topic, Rachel? Um, I'm actually more interested on your topic, you know, because I've heard you went to Disney. I did. I did. My uh, my wife and I uh, about uh, two weeks ago went on a trip to uh, Walt Disney World in Florida, not to be mistaken for Disneyland out in California. And so Walt well, Disney World's the uh, the bigger uh, U.S. park. It's got uh, uh, four different major parks: uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Animal Kingdom, and Hollywood Studios. And so we had a, a great time. We stayed on a, a resort uh, called the Contemporary that actually has a monorail that drives through it that can take you to the park. Although if you're really smart, you can actually walk, and it's like a 10-15 minute walk, and you can avoid all the people on the tram, which is which is nice. But what makes this trip special, and a lot of people go to Disney World, Walt Disney World all the time, uh, is that uh, I got to try out some of their accessibility features, specifically uh, the audio descriptions for the rides. Yes, because I remember you did that last year, and I was like, come on, test it out. And you're like, well, I'm not blind. I'm like, just go for it. 
And so I, I just approached the uh, the staff there, let them know that, you know, I'm an employee that works specifically with the blind. I'm like, hey, I'm from Minnesota State Services for the Blind, and I would love to try out the audio descriptions. I, I know there's a lot of people very curious about it back home. I want to be able to tell them about it. So they went ahead and loaned me one of the audio description devices. So what this thing is, is basically it's a, it's, remind me of like a, a big tablet. I mean, I mean, a little tablet or a big phone. Uh, it does have a, a touchscreen on it, but they've disabled it. There's physical buttons on the side. Nothing shows up on the display. It's a little bit big to fit in the pocket, so they give you a shoulder strap so you can wear it kind of like a purse. And it has uh, a set of headphones you can put on. And it's supposed to do two things. So the main thing I wanted to try out is the audio description. So what you just need to do is get on one of the various rides that has audio descriptions. And almost all of them do, with the exception of some of the roller coasters where you're, you're really not going to want to try to wear headphones while riding because you might go flying off. And so you put, you put on the headphones and you hop on the ride. And as the ride starts moving, there's a little, uh, I think it's a remote um, a radio signal that's being sent off that it receives to let you know that you've started to ride and it starts to describe the ride around you. And uh, anybody who's been to Walt Disney World might know some of the rides especially the ones that are going to need audio descriptions, are ones like the Haunted Mansion and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. And uh, these are kind of slow-moving rides. And many of them, you sit on these carts, and they are all connected, and they all move through the ride. But if someone has difficulty getting on and off, or someone in a wheelchair comes in, because many of the rides, they have special carts that allow wheelchair users to just roll up and attach into the cart so they don't have to transfer out of their wheelchair especially good for somebody who you know can't transfer, they have to stop the ride or they have to slow it down. And uh, in the case of an audio description, like you're in a movie, uh, that would run out of sync. And the same thing might happen on the ride. So what they've done, instead of having just like one big audio file that just triggers at the beginning and plays your entire ride, there's just actually parts of, uh, parts of the ride where the audio picks up. So if it slows down, the sink doesn't get thrown off that much, which is really cool. That is awesome. And you don't have to do anything, right? Like, as you, if you have it on you, then it, it automatically starts, like, describing on its own. You don't have to, to do anything yourself. That's exactly right. You Basically, the thing, it actually vibrates to let you know that it's going to work when you first get on the ride, but it just triggers automatically. So it knows where you are, so you don't have to do much of anything. The only thing they, they tell you to do is if you're you're wearing it is to have it in your lap or have, or have it, you know, up front so that it, it your body's not blocking the, uh, the signals. The signal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause people forget they're giant. People are giant bags of water essentially. And, uh, radio frequencies don't like to go through that. So if you had it, you know, if you were sitting on it, it might not get the, uh, the signal to play the, to play the track correctly. But it, you can just put it in front of you. You don't have to hold it, like, up or anything like that. No, no. Well, the guide said to hold it up, you know, at chest level. And so I did uh-huh. that the first time. And then I found that you could just leave it in your lap and it worked just fine. You just you just don't want it uh, to your side or behind you. Right. Well, and then they tell you to do that just, you know, so then later you don't complain. They're like, oh, it didn't work. So it's the optimal position, but. So kind of like kind of like going to the movie theater and asking for the uh, audio description equipment. Uh, the first employee I talked to was a little confused at my request, uh, but he he had one of these little tags on that says "earning earning your ears," which means he's <laughs> a new employee. 
And so he went and grabbed one of the managers and, and they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. And they pulled the device out and so forth. The, the only thing about this audio description device that if you're going to go out and you're going to try it um, is they do ask for a, a deposit. So they give you just $25 deposit. And, of course, they refund it when you give the device back. It's just to prevent uh, people from, I guess, walking away with them. And then you, you have to get every day then, like each day that you're back in the theme park. I mean, do you have to give it back? Or like, you know, if you have a hopper, you could go from Epcot to, I don't know, to Magic Kingdom. So do you have to go give it back? And then when you get to Magic Kingdom, you get another one? Or how, how does it work? That's a good question. I We only used it in one park this time. Oh, okay. And so from what I understand, it, it seems to be the devices are unique to the park. Um, oh, gotcha. And because it was marked with like Magic Kingdom, it could be so just that it gets home. But uh, they they weren't answer. They were very busy, and I was trying to get in and out, so I, I didn't. Right, right, no, no. And was it fast? Because that's the other thing. Like a lot of people say, sometimes when you have to go get your stuff, you need to get in earlier and all that stuff. But how, well, how was your experience? It was a little bit of a process. So when I got in, um, if you don't get in right as they open, you know, there could be a line at. It's basically the information desk. So anybody who's going in looking for accommodations or having an issue will be there. You're in the same line as everyone else. So if you don't get in on a, at a good time, that there can be a little bit of a wait just to talk to somebody. And then once they get, once you get in there, they, they require all your information, although they could put you on file. So next time that you don't have to go through the whole process again. And then I did have to fill out or give them a, a credit card number and they got to process it for the, for the, um, the deposit. Oh, that's pretty interesting because, you know, I am already in the system. Like, you know, I have a email there and all the stuff. I wonder if you could, like, set it up kind of ahead of time and then just have to do the wait there and pick it up. That would be awesome. And it wasn't too – once I got going, once I was with the person, it didn't it didn't take too long. And then what when you return it, they ask you to fill out a survey, and the survey actually asks you exactly which rides you rode on and how you felt uh, the audio description was. So they were they were looking for feedback with pretty much every user. That's nice. Hey, as a user experience designer, I love that. <laughs> so there were two rides that I, I used this on that stood out to me. So one of them was one of the oldest rides they had at Walt Disney World, which is the Pirates of the Caribbean, where you sit on a slow-moving boat and, and move through these pirate scenes uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are based off of that, although they've actually changed the ride to match the movie a little bit more recently. And the audio description for that one, what made it stand out to me is it was overly descriptive. So much so that it was actually a bit of a problem. So basically, as soon as I got on this ride and it started moving, a narrator came on and started describing everything in great detail. And if you want to really, really know the intricacies of what's on this ride, that, that can be good. But the tricky part of that is that, you know, there's things going on that are auditory on the ride. So the, the pirates are singing and the things, different characters are going by. And it didn't even break for any of the speech. It was just basically just going the entire time. Over to your left, there's this. And to the right's this. They even described the flowers on the walls twice, which are two things that... Awesome. <laughs> well, see, if I rode that ride a dozen times, I actually would never... If someone said, what's, you know, describe the ride in great detail, I never would have mentioned those. 
It's just every little tiny detail. And so it, I thought it actually interfered a little bit with the experience because I, I didn't get to hear the audio that they put on the ride. I was just hearing this narrator the whole time. Now, did you have to use, how was the headphones? Was it like those earbud things or they like, so could you have it in one ear and one ear off? Or So they were like oh. those really old headphones they used to, to give you with all the Walkmans. They were not earphones, but they were they were the ones that sit kind of flat on your ear. So they're not like the ear muffs, uh, but rather just like the flat, you know, flat on the ear. And you could easily, you know, it, you can pull it off so you can hear it one ear and, and out the other. And that's what I did most of the ride. So that, that is what, like, I mean, and it kind of depends, right? Because each blind person is different. Like, like we're all different. But, you know, especially in my case, like being visual and being a designer, I love to know every single thing. So, so, so whoever described that is probably like me, you know, that wants to know everything. And then what I usually do in a, in a movie is like I take my own headphones. So then I have one on and one off. And... Uh, and I don't know if every blind person is like that, but I I know that at least me and a, a, a handful of other friends that are kind of detailed oriented, uh, we don't have any trouble separating what we're hearing in one ear and in and the other. You know, like often I'm reading something in the computer and talking to somebody else at the same time. So, uh, you know, I think and in, in, in my experience wouldn't have interfered, but and I probably would have gone to the ride more than one time anyways. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think, because uh, I remember going to that ride a uh, long time ago when there was an audio description, and I got pretty bored. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting to know. But, you know, it would be cool if they created, um, like, you know, I, w- I was thinking about that about movies too, that, it would be cool if there was different levels of description, you know, because it kind of depends on the person. Some people will be like, oh, yeah, I want more details. And some other will be like, ah, who cares? It's, you know, I just want to know the general. I think it was very, you know, it was very interesting. Um, the The difference, the other ride that I wrote on that, that stood out to me was one of the newer rides. And that was the um, the Little Mermaid ride. So that this one's only... Um, I haven't been on that one. This is a new one. It's part of Fantasyland, one of the expansions they did. It's only a couple of years old. And uh, it's a bit newer. You sit in this, basically it's like a a little like seashell. And what I like about this one is um, they do a good job of, uh, well, let me just describe that one of the things that stands out to me on this ride is as you get on the shell, the idea is you're above the, the water and you go by the the seagull whose name I don't remember from the movie and uh, and as you move past him the the cart kind of is running backwards and it leans it leans back and you slowly go down and they do this animation on the you know this animation on the ceiling and it makes it look like you're going underwater at the same time they hit you with cold air mm-hmm. so it gives that feeling like you just got into the water so it it gives you like a physical sensation that you're going underwater and I, I like those little they have a lot of little details like that. So this one's audio description was significantly different in that it was not as descriptive because there is quite a bit more dialogue that happens. So with pirates, they're just kind of playing this yo-ho, yo-ho, the pirate's life for me. And a bunch of characters are going and they're singing it. You have new characters and different voices, but it's sort of like it's a it's a small world where it's, it's sort of on a loop. You know, it's not a huge amount of variety there. 
uh, a couple characters you're speaking. Well, this one's a little bit more centric where you, they've got these time things as you go by the characters talk. And they did a good job with the, um, with the timing of having the audio description uh, stop where a character is going to be speaking to you so you can hear very clearly what they're saying. And so it was much closer to like a movie uh, where it actually timed out, you know, to make sure you miss the dialogue. And, and I thought that was pretty good. And with the fact that it triggers as you go on the ride, if it's because it slowed down while I was on it. Uh, and uh, and it, when uh, you get to a part where a character, it, it always was timed correctly. So I, w- I was just generally impressed by that. And then did the, so when the characters spoke or whatever, did they still come through the headphones or not? Um, when the characters spoke, it did not come through the headphones. Um, so the uh, headphone audio would, would stop and then the, um, uh, and then the uh, uh, characters would be audible. So, and with the headphones they have, they don't completely, you know, you can, um, uh, you can hear the surroundings if the audio is not playing. Now, can you plug in your own headphones? Yes, absolutely. So the um, uh, it's just a normal headphone jack that they have on on it. So all all you have to do is uh, unplug the headphones that come with it and plug in anything you want. Sweet. Yeah. The only problem with the headphones that they gave with you, other than you know they're a little bit older and they're not the most clear, but if you bring your own, you can have some nice ones. Is that they've got a, a you know, from headphone to headphone, they've got a rigid piece of plastic that goes around. And so if you want to, if you're not using it, um, you can't like tuck the headphones in your pocket or something like that. I had to like put them around my neck. Put on your neck. Yeah. Which, which some people do all the time. I see people wearing headphones like that basically all day, every day. And I don't like that. I like to put my headphones away when I'm not using them. Yeah. Me, well, me too. Or I like to tuck them into my shirt if I'm using the cable ones. I've literally seen at, at work, I thought this was just a thing because we have a lot of, uh, you know, low vision of blind people at work who are using a lot of screen readers all the time. So they wear their headphones around. They have headphones, usually wireless ones they wear around the neck all the time. And I just thought that was for convenience. It made a lot of sense. And then I've been out in, uh, in the downtown Hopkins and I see people doing the exact same thing. So I thought it was just a... Uh, a bl- you know these blind people for convenience, but it wasn't like everybody's doing it. Yeah, I I usually don't like things on my neck. It kind of annoys me. So uh, I used to, and and I do it sometimes. Uh, there's some Bluetooth headphones which are really sweet. Like they they're like a little necklace. They're very light, you know, and you can put around your neck and all that. So I use that sometimes when I'm uh, walking around with the dog and and doing things, but. To say the truth, it still annoys me a lot. That's why I think the Apple wireless Bluetooth one is a lot better because it's just hanging there and you know, and, and, and you don't want it and you just pick it up, shove it on your pocket and put it back on. Yeah, I do love my AirPods quite a bit. <laughs> and I think it just got me in that habit of, well, they're so small and they have a little case and, and I have, you know, this is maybe a, a men's fashion thing, but, you know, most of the pants I have in addition to having like a big right hand side pocket, also have a, a little pocket, like a jean pocket, and it's the perfect size for my AirPods, and so they just live there all the time. Yeah, that's called male fashion privilege. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, I always, I always tell my husband like, why, why do you have pockets? Look, this pants doesn't have pockets, or have like really, really tiny pockets. 
And the heel was joking, oh, because it looks better. I'm like, I don't care. I want clothes with pockets. <laughs> and he's like, you guys use purses. I'm like, I hate purses. <laughs> yeah, but that's fun. So the other thing that this little device they gave you was supposed to be able to do uh, was uh, detect what part of the park you were in. And so when you press the button, depending on what land you're on, it would tell you what land you're in and give you a short description of it. But it then only worked at the very beginning and then it stopped working. It's supposed to be a GPS thing, uh, but it wasn't consistent enough. And the descriptions, although somewhat useful, they weren't like, um, it wasn't like, turn-by-turn navigation or what exactly you're nearby. Just like, hey, you're in the uh, fantasy land right now. And it gives you a fantasy land looks like this and there are two bathrooms, which is useful. But it it didn't work consistently, that, that particular feature. But the rides always worked perfect every time. Excellent timing. It's just that other feature, which I didn't even know they had, didn't actually work. It, it would have been awesome, though, if it did, because I remember, you know, there's some big areas and I'm sure there's tons of stuff around you that would be so nice to know what it is. You know, almost like the what you said, like your experience with the Pirates of the Caribbean, but, you know, for downtimes, because I mean, think about a blanket, right? I mean. You're waiting, you're standing around, you're drinking. Say, let's see, I don't know, like, let's see it's a blanket on a family of six, right? And then you're there just sitting. I mean, the other kids are, like, excited, like, looking around. And then, but I can totally see a kid getting bored pretty quick, you know? And then it would be really cool to have, I don't know, just, not just description, but even, like, interesting um, facts or whatever. I mean, that might even get other people excited about it and, and the other thing that I think it would be really awesome is if they had, like, all the, you know, food stuff. I mean, there is no end to this, right? I mean, even the, like, even the badges of the people that work there could have, like, the little signal things. So, like, it could alert the kid, like, hey, Mickey's coming or, you know, like, Mickey's passing on your right. That Like, that would be the ultimate awesome audio experience. I'd be very curious now, at, at Walt Disney World, this is not something that's in Disneyland, only Disney World, they have these things called magic bands. And it's basically a little, a little, it looks like a little wristwatch almost, but it's not a watch, it's this little band. Kind of like a wearable? Yeah, yeah, it's a little band that you wear, and it serves a couple purposes while you're in the park. They have something called the uh, Fast Pass system, where you can essentially kind of schedule out a couple of rides where you get to skip the main line. And when, uh, when you, when you schedule those either in, you can have someone help you schedule them. You can do it online ahead of time, or they have these little kiosks that you can use. And when you show up to the ride, it's your time that you scan your band, uh, on a little, at the entrance and, and they know that you're in, and then you can t- put a credit card on it and you can then use it like a, like a wireless payment system. Uh, and then, uh, if you're staying at one of the resorts, it also can be used to open and close your, um, hotel door so it is quite a few things but it's got a bit of information on it so there's a couple places in the park where they've implemented this so there's a, a ride in hollywood studios called the rocking a rock and roller coaster and as you walk in through the line there's these you know these these fake posters on the wall they're really just like computer screens but there's these fake posters and as you walk in it changes the poster so it says your name so it says like jonathan campbell playing in hopkins 2018 or something like that. So obviously these little these little things have like an RFID 
tag in it and it can get picked up around the park. And so you can imagine, you know, they could probably come up with some interesting way to incorporate that into an accessibility. Right. And I mean, instead of having a, you know, like even a tablet or whatever, like, you know, like kind of like, you know, your Fitbit or your Apple watch, like in sync with a specific accessibility app on your phone, you know, so it could be transmitting all that stuff. So you have less hardware and, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that could be done in terms of experience. What I'd really love to see, like if I could have anything I wanted and, and, and nothing cost any money, it wasn't complicated. If right, I could just exactly. have what I wanted, <laughs> what I'd love to have, and I kind of feel this way about movies too, is to have more than one version of the audio description, for example. I would love to have like this, this like the Pirates of the Caribbean one, for example, again, I would love to have three options. I'd like to have the one that they provided you with, which was a, a heavy description. I'd like a lighter description one uh, that's maybe, that maybe talks a little bit less. And then third, I would like someone to do the audio description doing a pirate's voice. Because the, <laughs> the other guy's just a guy, and he's doing a good job. He's just like, on the left, there are purple flowers decorating the side of the wall. And I, I would love to go through and have a pirate be like, and just be like, Gar, there be pirates around this corner. You know, uh, just get like something that's more in theme. Obviously, that probably wouldn't be the most effective. Some people are probably going to have a hard time understanding someone doing a pirate voice. And I understand the utility of the other ones, but I'd love to have just a playful one. I agree. I, I think so. I mean, it's the same way. And, you know, and I mean, it could be done in so many ways that that can, could happen without a lot of, uh, you know, financial investment. Um, but... Well, won't go into that right now, because uh, you know, as as I proposed, like in, in no different experience designs that I did, I think a lot of times we think that accessibility is a very expensive thing, you know. And I and I I'm a, a big proponent that it it doesn't have to be. It can be, and most of the time is, but it doesn't have to. Um, so I think it would be really cool. I mean, for kids. I mean, and that was the other thing. So. Um, you were asking my topic, and my topic, it's very much in the line of yours. I mean, I didn't go on a trip, but I went to watch uh, Jumanji, and I wanted to share kind of the auto description with you because it was very interesting. And, I mean, very different than, than some of the other dis audio descriptions I've been experiencing in different movies. And I think that basically I I've, I've been noticing so many things. Sometimes the voice oh, the person that's narrating the movie doesn't go with the tone of the movie. So it's very similar to what you're saying, right? It's very important to, yes, uh, articulate properly and use uh, words. Yeah? But I, I think that, uh, and sometimes I just watch a movie and I forgot the name now, but it, it was a very fast action movie. And... Uh, the person that was narrating was talking like that. And then he reached out and punched and pummeled the person to the ground. And I was like, come on, like, no, that's not it. Like, you know, like, where is the, where is the, the sink of the emotion of what's happening with what is being described? Because it's not like, it wasn't a, you know, princess ball. It was a action movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that could kind of turn it into from an action movie into a comedy unintentionally. <laughs> yes. He swings his sword, and 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 the and the man's head flies off, 
a spray of blood shoots out from the missing <laughs> neck. It's 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 almost watching like those Python movies, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway, Jumanji was really good. Um, the other description is pretty decent. Well, what, what, uh, before we jump in, maybe people are not familiar with this movie. Could you just could you describe what what is what is Jumanji? What is this movie? Oh yes, of course. So Jumanji is a game, a video game, and uh, and it happens inside this jungle. Uh, so the the plot is this. Um, guy is running and he finds this box and inside this intricate box there is a video game um well first it i think it was a board game so he brings it to his son and he's like yeah whatever it's boring but then later at night he opens up and it actually has the video game uh, cart carton right like the, the the cartridge the thing that you put inside of the i'm not a big video game person so sorry uh, so yeah, so he picks that up and he shoves it on his console and, uh, and then he gets sucked in into the game. So he's actually a player of the game inside the game. And then later on he disappears for many years. And then, uh, these other four kids get in trouble and they, they are doing, um, how do you call this? Detention. Detention, yeah. Yeah, so they're cleaning something, and they find the game, and then, you know, once, oh, come on, let's play, and then, so that they all get sucked up in the game, so now, um, you know, and then, and then, of course, in the movie, it changes, so first you have the teenagers, and the actors that are actually doing the characters in the game are uh, different actors, which is hilarious, because, you know, they're all comedians, so it is a comedy, and it's very, very funny, and um, and then I won't spoil it and tell you what happens in the end. But they have to basically save. They have to get this jewel and put it back where it belongs, and so that they can save the 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 little Jumanji. And then and then they are able to get out of the game. The central their central goal is they can only get out of the game if they complete it, right? Correct. Yes, and and they have I think three or four lives. So each time they, uh, you know, lose a life, they they come back. But but then but then they, you know, they, if they're to their last life, they don't know if they will die for real. So you know, so they get worried about that. And then also they have strengths and weaknesses, just like the character of the game. And then they have to learn how to deal with that. So it was very hilarious. I mean, I love Kevin Hart, right? He's this comedian, and he's hilarious. So when I heard he was in the movie, I didn't even care what the movie was about. I just went to watch. But, um, and, and you know, the audio description was fairly good. I'm very hooked into audio description lately. Now when I watch regular movies without it, I kind of like, like, this is boring. <laughs> so, But it was very interesting because... And, and spoiler, so there is a part in the movie where one of the girls, one of the teenager girls, are she becomes a male character. So the, the author is a male. And um, so he hugs one of the other characters. And then, you know, I think there's like, this is a blonde girl, but, you know, she's in the guy character. So the thing is, she 
you know, she's hugging this guy and then there's that moment and then they don't describe anything. And then, you know, she just looks down and then the other guys are laughing and then she's like, oh, like gross or oh, this is horrible, something like that. So there was a, a, a joke there and I totally didn't get because they should have described, okay, he, you know, he looks down. I know it's a, it's a slapstick kind of, you know, joke. It's, 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 I think it's PG or PG 13. So of course it wasn't going to be explicit, but the the other description totally missed out even on the, on the expression of the face or, or on the movement of the head or something that could have given me context. But as it was, I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. So I had to ask my husband, you know, I was like, what? Like, what was that? You know, like it, it was kind of, oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> it was funny because there was a lot of jokes like that. <laughs> there were that, a lot of jokes like that. Yeah. And it's kind of funny if the audio describer is too shy. Uh, oh, no. No. <laughs> they didn't even say that because, you know, the audio description could have said, you know, whatever the name of the character was like, looks down, you know down towards their pants or whatever, you know? And then, I mean, as an adult, you, you'll figure out immediately, right? Yeah. I mean, and even if you said that and a kid, uh, a kid is the, the one listening, they wouldn't get because it wouldn't make any sense to them, you know? So I'll be like, okay, oh, it's, you know, he looks down, you know, towards his whatever, uh, towards his like a uh, pen line or whatever. I mean, the kid wouldn't know anything. It wouldn't make any difference, but I, I think in the in the sake of keeping it PG, you know, they sacrificed a lot of other description. Um, I think at some point she needs to go to the bathroom, right? So she says like, "Hey, um, you know, I need help. Like, I don't know how to do this, right?" And of course, I I I, I picked it up because you know I heard them going to the bathroom. So then I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, makes sense," but. So there was a few little jokes like that that it totally like got sacrificed by the lack of audio description, which I thought was very interesting. I haven't run into a movie yet that that a lot of the jokes have been compromised out of maybe shyness. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're trying to keep um, the audio. I, I don't know what's going on. It's just whoever's writing the audio description or or putting it together is not sure how to handle these jokes, which doesn't seem like they're that hard to <laughs> to do. And, and the, thing, the thing is, I mean, it's a comedy, for goodness sake. So the jokes have a point, and you have to describe them, you know? Otherwise, it kind of loses the purpose of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good, that's a good point. That's very interesting. But it was great. I mean, don't take me wrong. It was still a lot of fun. And there was uh, good parts. The the guy that read it was, you know, he has a very neutral tone, so it could fit both a comedy, an action, or or romantic movie. You know, it's not, it's very neutral. But then there are other people that are not neutral at all, so it kind of gets you out of the mood, <laughs> <You know? laughs> which is is kind of funny. And uh, so I I love that. In in and it was. It was a difficult movie to describe, right? Every time you have action in comedy, it's, I mean, I can't only imagine how how hard it must be. But I also don't know if, you know, I don't know if the people that write the audio description, if they're just watching and, and writing it, or if they actually get the original, like, you know, script with with notes and stuff 
from the movie makers because I think if they did, that would help out a lot, you know, to to understand what was the goal, what was the you know producers or directors going for or the writer, because those little notes, kind of like when you're reading a screenwriter. Um, you know, before it's produced or whatever, there's lots of little notes and things. And, and those always helped a lot. Because when I was in theater, you know, and somebody sent you a play, there was all kinds of uh, notes and things. And I mean, of course, a lot gets to the discretion of the actor, but but still, you know, there's many things that can help out with the understanding of what the goal is. Let's, yeah, I'm very curious about that as well. You know, so we can get somebody to to maybe talk to uh, talk about that. There's a lot more work going on in, in audio description lately, and there's only a handful of companies that actually actually do most of these. So uh, I bet if we ask around, maybe we can find a little bit more and share that. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to. Yeah, if you're listening and you know somebody <laughs> that knows somebody, we are open for interviewing audio description producers or writers. Or even narrators. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just leave us a comment on the YouTube page or send us an email at feedback at access.ninja. Uh, and also, if you just have any general questions or topics or ideas that you want to have us discuss on the podcast, feel free to share those as well. We're always looking for suggestions and new ideas. So what are your takeaways from your Disney? Do you recommend I would recommend anybody who's going to, to check out that audio description because you can carry it around with you. If, if you find on a certain ride you don't like it, you can just take the headphones off. But uh, I think uh, it's like it provides a lot, especially some of the older rides which don't have, um, you know, usually just have some basic audio looping or they uh, don't don't have as much, you know, like kind of tactile feedback, like the, like the te- change in temperatures or the wind and things like that. It's, it's nice to have it. Although the rides are, you know, like the, Haunted Mansion, for example, doesn't need uh, much of an audio description at all because there's a narrator who's speaking to you the whole time and kind of talking about what's going on. But I, I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to have. I, I would definitely, uh, I would definitely try it again. Um, I probably makes a little bit less sense at some, some of the parks like Hollywood Studios, which are a lot of roller coasters and so forth, where you probably don't want a, a good, you don't want a set of headphones that might fly out. <laughs> Because they're a little bit more thrill rides, but I would definitely recommend it. I, I think they did a good job. I think it's top notch, and uh, and I'm, we also uh, as a as a community, it's also nice to have people try it since they clearly take feedback uh, very seriously. So the more people who use it, the more people who share their feelings, uh, the better and better they can get at at providing this type of accommodation. And I, I know that you didn't check on that, but do you know if they have a closed caption for the audio part on the rides? So they do, they have, um, they, uh, depending on the ride, they have a physical device you can carry around with you that will provide the closed caption and probably signaled in very much the same way that the audio description has, uh, that you can pick up. It's just a little text reader. Um, some of the rides themselves who have dialogue um, on, on some of the, some of the rides which you get on them, they have a little pre-show and almost all the pre-shows have closed captioning available on a monitor on the side so uh, you can get you can get closed captions so for uh, uh, for a deaf or hard of hearing fans they, they they do a very good job of providing captions uh, if you are going there with a service animal they are very very used to that uh, they have several uh, guide dog and, uh, and uh, 
kind of breakout areas where they can you know, get water and relieve themselves. Uh, and then on some of the some of the rides, actually most of the rides, the dog can't accompany you. Uh, they have a, a small kennel the dog can be placed in if you're solo, or you can do what's essentially what they do with children. You can do a a ride swap. So one of your if you're going with someone else, they, one person can stay with the dog while the other person rides, and when they get off, they take the dog and you switch off. Uh, but they do have a small just a small kennel that's off to the side, away from the people, uh, that you can put the dog in in between. Well, and I think before they even had a little uh, doggy daycare, I don't know if they still have, but they, they used to have a uh, also a guide dog little I daycare. It, I didn't check it out, but they do have it listed. Um, they have a little guide for people with disabilities when they when they enter. And uh, they did mention specifically uh, a special dog kennel for service animals. Who you yeah, because I remember them. that. I mean, I, I didn't use because I went without my dog. But um, I remember checking that out because, you know, I was a college student. And and then I feel like walking around with my dog, you know. Well, and it was kind of hot, too. So I had a black lab and, you know, and he would get tired and dehydrated. And so, yeah, so I checked that out. And, yeah, they're really accommodating. It's, just, it's really nice. I didn't. I didn't notice anybody with any guide dogs while I was there. There were several service animals, but most of them were labeled as a, like emotional support animals. I didn't see any any actual uh, like uh, guide dogs, and I didn't see any animals that seemed like they were like more like the full fledged working dogs. Well, I think it's it's part of that, like you know, because of my trainer one time, like especially if it's summer and it's crazy. I mean, you're there like for hours on end and. Um, sometimes they tell you, well, it's a little too much for the dogs. You know, you could take them for a while, but then, you know, you, you don't want to uh, dehydrate the dog and have them in boots. And, you know, it's, I mean, some people see it's, it's a little too much for the dogs, not everybody, but, uh, I have friends that have done it. Uh, actually I have a friend and when he's in Epcot, he always takes the dog the whole day with him. Um, and you know, and then they have breaks and have fun, but um, yeah, I think it just kind of depends. And especially like, you know, if you're going to be doing a lot of roller coasters and all that, then the doggies are staying on, on kennels all the time. And so it, sometimes people just like to, to, um, give them a little break so they can be in a nice, uh, cold area where somebody's going to park them and, and all that. So we'll see. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe I should go once with my guide dog, see how the experience is. Yeah, I think some of the parks, especially Epcot, are, are, are very good for the, with a the service animal because things are a little bit more spread out, tends to be a little bit less crowded, um, and it's nice to have be able to move move quicker. And so having the service, you know, having service animal is going to help you get around in that park especially. Yeah. Well, I want to finish up here. There's there's just want to mention two or three other things. Uh, just list off some of the other uh, things that Walt Disney World does for you. But how about how about we finish up after that? Sure. So, um, just a, a couple other things for uh, for blind visitors. They do have uh, a guidebooks in Braille and also uh, a, a binder that is tactile maps that you can carry around with you. Uh, they do have these stationary Braille maps around, but I found that they are very worn down. And so, you're going to want to get one of the maps guidebooks or uh, or tactile maps from the uh, from the visitor center. I, I would not recommend relying on the uh, on the guides they have out and about, uh, just because everyone's been touching them and they're just, yeah, you know, I just think they're not the best way to get an idea of what the park's like. Uh, 
on top of that, they do have um, uh, accommodations for people in wheelchairs and scooters who can't walk around. They did change the way they did the lines. It used to be that if you were in a wheelchair, uh, you could kind of just go through the fast fast lane and skip because rather than waiting in line. But they've changed the system now for a couple of reasons. Some, they wanted something a little bit more fair to everybody and also uh, representative of what the experience is going to be like. And also a bunch of people were trying to take advantage of that system by showing up in uh, wheelchairs and scooters who didn't really need them, unfortunately. So they have a new system now where basically you can use the same fast pass system for the wheelchairs. But if you are in a wheelchair and it's and uh, it's not that you have a physical disability that prevents you from winning in line, you just have, you know, walking is difficult, uh, then uh, what, what generally will happen is you still get to wait in the line queue like everybody else does because you're in the chair. You've got your accommodation is the chair. Um, now, if you do have a condition where you're waiting in a long line would be a problem, so you need to be moved or bathrooms or things like that, uh, you can basically go to a ride that has a line and you can get basically a voucher that says, let's say the ride, the line's 20 minutes. They give you uh, a little voucher. Basically, it's sort of like the fast band thing. They say, well, come back in 20 minutes and you can skip the line. So you can't go straight on any ride you want anytime you want to. You do have to wait, but you don't have to wait physically in the queue. You can just get a voucher and then go around the park and, and and do one of the other attractions or anything else and just come back after that wait time. So it's a little bit more fair. It makes it a little bit less prone for um, abuse from people who don't actually need yeah, it. Although a lot but of people don't get me do started on that. Because, <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I mean, I'm I'm cool with the fairness. And to say the truth, when I went last time, I do not know that existed. So I stayed in line for four hours and almost passed out and I had a kidney disease which the heat wasn't really good for me so that's why I didn't have like a great of a time but uh yeah don't get me started on that maybe we'll talk about guide dogs and service dogs in some other episode but this is a big problem that we need to create more education out there because people taking advantage of you know there's things that are put in place which are not luxury and they're not unfairness. They're things that are put into place to make our life or our experience a little bit better just because during the day we already have to go through so many hoops. So, you know, if we're going to talk about fairness, it's, it's complicated because, you know, if you have a disability, you go through lots of more hoops than general, but, um, it's it's very sad when people think it's a luxury and they take advantage or pretend or go in a wheelchair and do stuff to abuse it and use it. And then ultimately is the people with disability who actually needs who gets, um, you know, who loses their their ability or their oh no, or that little thing that could have made it a lot better. And it's because people just go and take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely, that's something that we should we should discuss in a in a future episode. Because especially yeah. around these, like I mentioned, the number of emotional support animals. There are some people who really need them that are veterans suffering from post traumatic stress, and then there's other people who don't. And of course, they bring their dogs in. And, yeah, and then they say, "Oh, it's my emotional support dog." Yeah, yeah. And they bring yeah. a dog in that's not gone through training, that's not set up for that. It, it, is misbehaving they're not taking control of their dog they're letting people pet their animal which is a clear sign that it's not really a support animal exactly and uh and and then someone some 
you know, business owner as one of these people comes in that's, and uh, they don't, they don't follow the rules, they don't follow etiquette, and then they get a bad impression. And then the next person who comes in who needs one, it just sets them up for failure. It's it's a big problem. So we'll, we'll talk about it more. Yes, we will talk about that. Sit tight and we'll talk about that. Although I might get a little heated on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Passionate. My Italian side will come out. The most important thing to know if you're going to one of Walt Disney's resorts or parks, what they really want you to do now, because they know everybody's abilities and needs are different. So they want everyone to go to the information desk, meet with the meet with a per, in person, express their needs and their capabilities, and they will help to accommodate them in a way that's appropriate for them. And uh, they put a big emphasis on that. They want you to show up in person. Um, they have their rules and regulations look a little bit more restrictive, but when you go and you talk, they are very accommodating. So they mentioned that if you just show up in a wheelchair, you're going to have to wait in line. If you show up in a wheelchair and you go to information, you say, I can't, I have a health condition, I can't wait in this line, then they have additional accommodations for you, but you have to request them in person. Yeah, and again, and it's not just about saying, you you know, because of people that abuse. So please don't abuse if you are thinking about it. It's not fun. All right. I think that's uh, I think that's just about it for today. Thank you for joining us. If you were able to join us uh, live, I know we really didn't advertise it because it's mostly a uh, a work in progress, and I don't know if everything's going to work out perfect. But next week, next week, I promise all the technical glitches will be out. We'll start. Uh, I mean, not next week. In two weeks. In two weeks, we'll we'll be back, and uh, I'll have all the all the intricacies filled out. Otherwise, you can also catch us on our podcast. Uh, you can find us on access.ninja. You can listen to the episodes there or link to them through the Apple Podcast app. Yes, subscribe in iTunes. And subscribe to our YouTube channel or hit the like if you like, of course. Of course. So uh, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, once again, if you have any feedback, ideas, or suggestions, send it to feedback at access.ninja. But otherwise, everybody, have a great next few weeks and uh, you know, just be nice to each other, okay? Yeah. All right. All right. Next time. See you then. <laughs>